You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. Steve is with me today. It's just me. Vicky is on a cruise ship. On a cruise without me. Yep. But you are you guys are about to go on a little trip as well, so Yes, I'm gonna go again. Yeah. So that'll be nice for you to get some rest and peace. It will be nice. Yeah. Go see our son in Hawaii. But uh we are in season six where we started looking at the book uh, in his likeness, written by the man sitting across from me, Steve <laughs> Yours truly, yes. <laughs> I wrote it. And uh, we've done chapter one and two, and today we'll be looking at chapter three. Um, again, I'll just start by saying this, that if you want to uh, read the book along with us, we'd recommend that. You can get this book on Amazon. Uh, it's called In His Likeness by Steve Rossello. And we're excited to just... Or you can come to church Sunday and buy it. Yeah, if you're in person, if you're around, you can come to see us. At the- I will have a box full. Yeah. Um, so that'd be great. We'd love to have you read read it and steve said that you know he wants if you buy one then instead of being two people that read it there'll be three so (laughs) but no it'll be it's great it's a great book i read it uh i read it a number of times every time it challenges me and encourages me to to grow in my faith so it uh, stuns me yeah and i wrote it yeah i read it this summer in yosemite and uh i just i had forgotten i had forgotten the incredible truths that i need to hold on to uh, it's really it really inspires me and the other thing i, I just wanted us to take a, a moment uh to talk about is that we have a new uh semester of our school of transformation coming up in march and i thought steve maybe you'd like to invite anyone listening to i would like to invite anyone listening if they want to just completely change their life i i think we could line up the people with testimonies who walked in here confused and walked in here just really not liking themselves much and not liking the way they had their life had turned out. I would say the biggest word I would find is disappointed with, you know, all the dreams of childhood, what you'll be, how your life will look, you know, what you'll, how you use your education. And they come in here and they uh, just really start to learn who God says he is and what he offers. And then um, the outcome of that is who does that make you? And I think that we, if, if you have any ability or any need to find vision in your life, to purpose, to learn about who you are, and to also, really, it's shocking how many people are stunned, surprised to find out who God says He is. Mm-hmm. We'd like to welcome you to come. Uh, we have limited housing available. You can apply and see if it's available. There is a you know a monthly fee, and uh, most people are able to catch up with that or pay it later or do something and uh we never let money be the reason you don't come here so look into it um if you're from another country you'll have to choose quick because sometimes you have to start a visa process um anyway we'd love to have you we'd love to have you and and we would love to see your life change uh from what some people walk in here looking like robots like drones the world is killing them and they walk around here today with new life, new life in Jesus, yeah. like brightly converted and envisioned and empowered. And it's just completely different. So if you're interested, you can 
go to transformationschool.org and read all about uh, the school requirements, costs, and all of that good stuff. So transformationschool.org. But let's look at today's chapter of In His Likeness. We're in chapter 3, and this is titled The Image of His Son. The last couple episodes we talked about uh, being a vicar of Christ and uh, being like in his likeness, looking like him, being his disciple, those kind of things. And we're going to continue to explore themes like that as we go. But I wanted to start by reading some of the scriptures here that you've quoted at the start of the, start of the chapter just to get us in this frame of mind. So uh, this is uh, Romans 8. Paul says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And we've also got um, in Corinthians, Paul also saying, 1 Corinthians 15, Just as we have been born... Just if we have borne the image of the earthly, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. And then later in 2 Corinthians 3, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror of glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. So it's, we've got this, this picture of taking on his image, taking on his likeness. Would you like to expand on that what i believe paul said in those verses and those were all paul if you look in the mirror you'll see a you'll see a vision of you the earthly vision of you but if you become a christian and a follower of jesus christ what you will eventually see in a spiritually mirror spiritual mirror is an image of jesus that he's the firstborn son but if you become in his likeness if you let him conform you to the image of the son then what will be seen by the heavenly forces, the heavenly realm, is they will see Jesus in you. Wow. They won't see you. Now, if I live my life and make Jesus follow me, if I live my life and just take him along with me, you know, to, to try to fix everything I do wrong or, or keep me from going the wrong way or, you know, just invite him into my life to, to be in my life, hmm. then I, the heavenly realm will probably see me. Wow. But if I will let myself be conformed into the image of the Son and give my life to Him so that it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, then the heavenly realm would see Jesus. Mm. And they would respond to Jesus the way they do. And you can read it all over the place, you know, where the angels fall down on their face, you know, the elders fall down on their face and proclaim the Lamb of God, where the leper says, Hosanna in the highest, and Jesus doesn't rebuke him. Mm. Where what what we see is a completely different image than just looking at a man born in a manger. We see God become flesh, and we behold His glory, glory as of the only begotten of God. And He is the only firstborn. He is the only begotten of God. But we are born again to be begotten of God. And so, it's not far different. It's it's being conformed to this image, and. Um, I think those verses are so clear. They've been twisted to mean that, you know, is like a predestined for, for new. Hmm. But what it is is he just knows the future. Hmm. And you're for new. You're, you were known in advance to be, cho- to be chosen for this. To, you, you were going to choose it. Yeah. You were going to choose it. And you're for, it's for new in heaven that you're going to choose it. 
And then if you're going to allow him to live in you and shine through you and actually become somebody who's a demon commanding, storm calming, healing, authority over demons, demon, demon guy. I think I already said that. Anyway, yeah. you, you become like him. What he was, you become. Mm. You know, the authority of God on the earth, the presence of God on the earth, uh, the vicar of Christ, Christ, like we said last week, yeah. the replacement, he's gone, except that he shouldn't be gone. There should be 110 versions of him ought to be more powerful than a single version in one place. Right. I think you go on to say that actually um, in this chapter, you, you quote John fourteen twelve, where it says, truly, truly, I say uh, to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. That's right. And Mark, yeah, we'll cast out demons, yeah. we'll lay hands on the sick, we'll pick up sermons and drink any deadly poisons. You know, we we really try to cover the verses that really, I mean, it's not even arguable. This in his likeness, right. this this the intention of God is that I be Jesus on the earth. Yeah. Did I not practice? Did I not do again what the Pharisees did? What man has done? What popes have done? What the system of religion has done? I don't do again those things, but do what he did and break the forces of failed religion of, of, and come in a authority and power that is so apparent. That's what's so shocking about his crucifixion is Everybody knew Pilate was right. There's no guilt in this man. But their fear that their religion would be challenged made them scream crucify him. They were the Pharisees and the crowd the Pharisees put together to railroad him through the trial was crying out crucify him was because their religion was going to be uh, tore down. I think they were very much aware that their life, their actions, their world didn't imitate what God had called the Levites to do. They were not living what he told them to do. They did not look like his intention for them. And so they have to crucify this this one that does and get rid of him so they don't lose their place. And I think today we, we really need to know that we have come in the image and know that we can cast out demons and, ha- and heal the sick. And we don't have to be afraid of serpents, snakes, slithering down trees to quote scripture at us won't deceive us because we know what the scripture says and we know what he means by it that he chose us to be sons and daughters to be his image to walk in his name Mm -hmm. he even said you got to carry the cross well i'm hoping that that was figurative but if it isn't i'm willing let's go yeah and there are you know we see in history tells us of uh peter is a great example of that the carrying the cross right that he at first, he ran from, you know, dying to own Jesus. But later in life, he goes on to be martyred. And right, you tell the story of how history tells us he was crucified upside down, right? Yeah, you know, that, but he, it was that. But he started in this place of being, you know, I don't know the man betraying him, but this journey of being conformed into the image of Christ over the years got into a point where he was willing to die. After three years with Jesus, he said, I don't even know him. Yeah. He was afraid to lose what he had, yeah. his life, yeah. and his family, and his house, and you know his mother. He had a, he had family. Mm-hmm. But after the Holy Spirit came upon him, 
and he saw the resurrected Jesus and had the will do you love me Peter conversation yeah he he was born again and in the rest of his life he was beaten and jailed and told don't preach anymore and he said well as far as beatings and jail go that's up to you I'm preaching the gospel and he just you could just see his growth his change yeah I mean he even went so far as he went back to fishing yeah Jesus met him on the shore with some fish and said, uh, <laughs> do you love me more than these? Uh, I mean, it's, just, it's such a beautiful transformation. Peter was the image of Jesus Christ. And uh, he might not have been starting now, just like you and me, man. We might be, oh my gosh, we might be very poor facsimiles. Yeah. But he, he gets so much hope from Peter who, the legend says, he said, uh, I am not worthy to be crucified like Jesus. Would you please crucify me upside down? I am no better than an inverted version of him. Wow. And little did he know, he was not an inverted version. He was, he was one of the most beautiful versions of Jesus to ever walk the earth, besides Jesus, right. of course. So that, I think, is a good segue for us. Uh, this chapter be- starts to explore your journey, essentially, of... Be- right. before christ to after christ and the journey you went on there would you give us the yeah that story i literally just went out and started healing people and started praying for people and i mean people just everything i asked i mean i just everything i went to do got done people would say i lost my keys in the sand and i'd pray let's lord show us it and i'd have a vision i'd go over and I'd kick sand there's their keys i mean i just i just was it was amazing mm-hmm. I met Jesus and just went right to it. Everyone I shared with him prayed. And I didn't have a church. I didn't have a friend. I didn't know nothing, man. My brother moved to Colorado. I was left. I knew nobody. Everyone that I knew, I graduated from high school. We weren't coming back together, and I didn't know where they were. So, you know, we didn't all carry cell phones in those days, right? So I just, you know, I just believed. I believed everything was possible. I led people to Jesus everywhere. I preached the gospel everywhere. I prayed for everything and saw everything. I remember I drove a truck one time, 300 miles. I don't think it could be 300 miles. From way up in the northwest California down to Sacramento. And, I mean, we were out of gas before we went 50 miles. And we that truck just kept going. And we figured it was such a beater, we just leave it on the side of the road and hitchhike. And when we pulled in the driveway in Sacramento, it ran out of gas. It had been on empty since. I mean, there's no that truck could never make it from Eureka on a full tank. Right. And we didn't stop and buy gas, so it was just it was just pure miracles. You just you know I was in Yosemite one time and left in the middle of the night because the Lord said get up and go. And and this guy was in such stress that he didn't have a job. He had four kids. He didn't have a job. He, they were going broke. They were losing their house and everything. We're praying over this fire. And I said, the Lord just said, get up and go. Man, you got to go with me. I don't have, I'm, are, are you guys willing to go home tonight? Because the Lord said, you guys pray and ask too. And they couldn't hear anything. I said, the Lord said, go. We drove through the night. We drove four hours anyway to get home to Sacramento. Yeah. We pulled in his driveway at daybreak and his wife comes running out of the house crying, just weeping. She said, that job you applied for called and they said if you can be there by seven you've got the job and he was a union welder and so it's a good and it saved his life and i remember those kind of just everything was like that it was just like everything we did everything we touched turned to gold 
But people kept saying to me, I'd be in Bible studies and I'd share, oh, I was out hitchhiking and led this guy the way. People get mad at me. Do you know how that makes us feel? We feel so inadequate. You share any stories. You lay hands on the sick. Why you? Why not me? And I'm just like, I, I can't even believe you're asking that question. I go, all I do is believe. I believe. I came to Jesus and I believe that what these words said is true. That the Holy Spirit's in me and that I'll lay hands on the sick. So I just do it. I don't have a method. I just do it. And they get and they recover and they get well and they get convicted and they find Jesus and they get baptized in the Holy Spirit. They speak in tongues. And the, but they kept telling me and even leaders would take me aside, you know, and, you know, this is like a born again high. You're, you know, you're, it's going to go away. And um, I started, you know, the sin of the greatest sin of my life that I'm still to this day at, at year 49. I regret it so much is that I began to believe them. I began to live what they said was real. And I lost that power. Okay. I don't lead everybody to Jesus. I don't heal everyone I lay hands on. Although in these last two years, I've seen more healing than ever in the whole 49 years put together, 47 before that, I mean. Mm -hmm. and, and, and more and more people are being brightly converted in our ministry. But that, I mean, that's where I started. It's kind of a shame to go 49 years later and have it because we're supposed to believe in this image of God, but that we walk in his presence. We are conformed into his image. Mm -hmm. Where we go, he goes. Where what we say, he says. So I began to believe these people, and all of a sudden people stopped getting healed, and we quit finding the keys, and cars started running out of gas. And I mean, it's just like so weird. Mm -hmm. Like that was supernatural. But I started believing it. I would never push the envelope and just drive off in a car saying, well, if I run out of gas, we'll face that when we face it. But right now, we're, we've prayed and asked God to get us home, and he did. And we just didn't believe it. We, nope, can't go. We don't have gas. Wow. Wait, you can't go where the God, God sends you because you don't have gas. And I'm like, why? I used to. <laughs> I used to go where God told me to go even if I didn't have money for gas. And um, it was so weird. It was such a weird losing of faith, a deconstruction of a faith that I walked in, just a childish joy, a childish expectation of my daddy's here and my daddy can beat up your daddy kind of thing. You know, my daddy, my daddy's in control. He, yeah. he owns the cattle on a thousand hills kind of thing. And I lost it for a really long time. And I, and I followed the systems and this, I got nothing but more and more confused. And I can tell you during that season, I was not confused. I really had it. Jesus is the way he's the truth and he's the life. Anyone who comes to the Father must come through him. And I came to the Father through Jesus, and I was being conformed into his image. And I was very much like a Jesus on the earth. I, and, and I let it go. And I, 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 don't even, I don't even know the conscious thought, but I just know that I started all these leaders. You know, you want to be in leadership. You can't sound so crazy. <laughs> really? You know, you, you know, we really can't have you teaching this. And it's, um, it's so strange, you know, kicked out of a denomination because I said I believed in speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, but I've never spoken tongues. I never taught anybody. You, just, you asked me if I believe in it, yeah. And then I couldn't do youth ministry in that organization anymore. And um, this, those kinds of betrayals or those kinds of hurts, those kinds of things, just they got me to believe what they taught, not what I believed. And uh, so I, I went along, you know, with it. And I, I had... I had been saved so miraculously. I had found him so tremendously. I was so radically saved, radically born again. Mm -hmm. The world was a different place to me. And when I went to bed that night, the world was a different place than when I had got up. When I woke up the next morning, I, was, I had read the book of Revelation, 
and I was so on fire. I was a little bit freaked about the scorpions. I was a little bit freaked about the wrath and the bulls and the angels and the blood moons. There's some imagery that is yeah. concerning. I was a little yeah. freaked about it, like, whoa, whoa, Lord. <laughs> and what I was, was pro- it was proper. I mean, it, less than a day, I was more concerned by the about people suffering that, Yeah. which is what we should be. We shouldn't read it and say, well, I, I ain't going to be here. I'm I'm gone. <laughs> Don't worry about me. I'll be gone. No, I'm I'm praying. Oh Lord, these people, these people. If I was here, could I relieve their suffering? You know, it's almost like I I had a burden for whoever has to go through being on the earth during Revelations. I, I just I just you know I had the proper thinking of it, but it only took those couple of years for people to start to burn that out of me. And a religion to start to take it down and me to allow it to where I finally started thinking, I'm just glad I'm not going to be here. Mm. It's such a t- contrast. Here is, I don't care who you are, man. I'll steal from you, hurt you. I, you know, your, your, your life is your tough luck. To 24 hours later, I'm a born-again Christian. This, I am concerned for the people. And then no, a couple years later with the church trying to teach me how I'm supposed to interpret these scriptures, I suddenly was thinking of me again. And uh, and then it's been a really long road of me saying, no, uh, as a pastor, as a youth pastor, as a music pastor, as a 25 years of being a senior pastor in a church I planted, it's, it's no, I really care about the wounds of the heart, and I really care about that. But I also, I don't want people to suffer this, mm. this future, what's coming. And I want them to see the truth and not be confused. And I think that confusion is mostly in this Jesus's likeness theology. What was the purpose? How could God's holiness possibly live in my unholiness? Wow. How is that possible? Well, it's not unless Jesus makes the house clean. Mm-hmm. And if Jesus makes the house clean, that house is clean indeed. If Jesus sets you free, you're free indeed. If Jesus brings you joy, you are happy. Mm-hmm. And if he gives you truth, you know the truth. And you want to be in his image. You want to be the God of the Holy Spirit, and which is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit living inside of me, is the truth and will prevail if I let him. And they will not take over if I take over. Yeah. And so the whole idea is to allow him to conform me to look like Jesus looked, talk like Jesus talked, say the things in the ways Jesus said them and demonstrated. The things he did, greater things than he did, will I do. And it's just so important that I let him and that I don't listen to the religions of the world telling me different than what these words of Paul tell me. Yeah that I'm to be conformed into his image, that I'm supposed to be able to do all that he could do, mm-hmm. and that if I can't, it's because I'm deficient. He's not deficient. I may be restricting him by not letting him do things. I may be starting to believe things that don't allow him. My unbelief doesn't allow him to do things. I mean, the only guy in the Bible not healed when Jesus touched him was the blind guy who said, I see men walking like trees and he says well i'm taking you out of town so he takes him out of the city of unbelief and and heals him yeah yeah 
that's I think that'll be our I think yeah. that's our last chapter of this book. Actually. Yeah, we'll yeah. Talk, we'll, but Bethsaida, we'll, yeah. we'll get there eventually. I thought it might yeah. be in this book. <laughs> I did write yeah. more than one book. Yeah. I didn't know what chapter that was, but, but that is. So one of the things you do say in here uh, in this chapter is this idea of God's will uh, starts to become more and more com- convoluted. Jesus didn't seem to have to stop all the time and ask, Father, is it your will that I do this? You, you talk about how Jesus you know, understood the Father's will, and we as believers start to pray in a way that we're like, well, if it's God's will, this will happen, or if it's God's will, that might happen. And we, we it starts to become this strange, convoluted, complicated thing that we have to try to discern and figure out. So right. can you give us a little insight on yeah, that? Yeah, he says, ask anything yeah. you will in my name. Yeah. And then he says, then there's other places where it's God's will. Yeah, And it's like what it really means is what it's really saying is that if I learn who God is, then I will only ask for things that he would want. Mm-hmm. And so it's his will. And But people really get hung up on if it's God's will this will happen if it's God's will this won't happen but the Bible says it's his will that none should perish that all should come to a revelation of Jesus Christ and yet I've been alive long enough to know a lot of people who died never knowing that Mm -hmm. so his will is to save them all and I know some people I mean I I was at the deathbed of at least two guys Vietnam vets both Mm -hmm. both cried out to God in Vietnam and then have been tormented their whole life both died of cancer from Agent Orange Many years after they left the war, and on their deathbed, I had the privilege of being the last person to talk to both of them. Mm-hmm. And they said no. Wow. They both got mad at me. One screamed, no, in my face and died. And the other one just said, just glared at me and stomped out his cigarette. Just He was just smacking his cigarette, looking at me like, Steve, I'm going to have to ask you to leave kind of thing if you don't shut up about Jesus. I know, like I prayed for him. I prayed in the jungle, and he didn't. He didn't get me out of the jungle. Wow. I said, "Claude, I've known you for thirty years." Yeah, I just said his name terrible. Um, I've known you thirty years, and uh, you got out of the jungle, buddy. Hmm. Why don't you give him some credit? But that was the end of our conversation. It's like so. I know people that did not follow God's will, and it's God's love and will that that everybody be saved. And yet not everyone be saved. So God's will is not the only thing that's ever going to happen. It's you're going to do it according to your will. What you decide, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet, Mm. that you're going to do what you will to happen. And so a lot of times, you know, it comes down to, am I going to surrender to your will? I surrender my will. I surrender my will to be, I want only what is your will. That means I want everyone to be saved. How am I going to just say those words but do nothing? Like spend nothing, do nothing, make nothing happen. Hmm. So it's, you know, I don't know if I've answered what you wanted. No, no, but, that's good. But that's the, the yeah. thing is it's, it's it, God's will does not happen. He's a, he allows man to govern the earth. Yeah. And it's going to happen. There's all this evil in the world. People always say, you know, like, if the Holy Spirit is everywhere, why isn't, you know, why isn't everyone saved? Or if, if God is good and he's everywhere, why is so much evil happening in the world? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if his goodness, why isn't everything good? And it's like Billy Graham said, is there soap in the world? 
You say, if God's in the world, well, is there soap in the world? Yes. Then how come everyone isn't clean? Hmm. The answer is the same, because people don't use soap. Yeah. And people don't use Jesus. He gave you himself, and they don't apply him. They don't use him. Great quote from Billy Graham. That's, that's a really good one. Yeah. And um, it's it's the same. Doesn't, doesn't it come to you that you have to decide? Yes. And so the reason I, this book is so powerful and so important to me is I have to decide to be in his image. Mm. Just today, I have the decision all day long to get mad at people. You know, I, I had a chance to get mad at a homeless guy when I had to go to the bathroom really bad. And he's sitting on the floor of the stall hmm. eating what he just stole from the supermarket, right? It's the one in the back of the supermarket. Mm -hmm. So he collects everything in the aisles, goes in the bathroom, goes in the stall, sits down and has a meal. But, but I have to go. Hmm. And so I, had this, I kept, you know. I kept coming back to correctly that, man, I'm so glad I'm not in his situation, and I just feel terrible that he is. Yeah. You know, so I, he couldn't carry all of his stuff out. He couldn't open the door, so I opened the door for him. But uh, I just felt mercy for him. I felt compassion. Well, that isn't always the case with me. You know, it's, it's inconvenient to me, so I object. If I turn him into an object, hmm. he's an object of my inconvenience, an object an of obstacle. my irritation, yeah. an obstacle, yeah. an object. He, <clears throat> I objectify human yeah. beings that Jesus died for. So the will of God isn't always fulfilled by me objectifying or by me getting angry or selfish. Mm -hmm. But when I'm selfless, then the will of God can be fulfilled. Yeah. And then I can look a little bit more like Jesus. I can have that little bit more mercy, like the lady caught in adultery or the woman at the well or the demoniac breaking his chains. I can have a little more mercy and maybe help set them free. And I have set some free, led some to Jesus. Yeah. And so it's, it's God's will was that every single one of them find his love. Mm. My will was interrupted, you know, from being his will by circumstances and situations yeah. so this idea you know this coming into his image really does i think we talked about this a little bit last time but really does require us to get to know the father get to know jesus so that we can come into his image because part of the problem i i've observed is that many people are following a religious system or they're following what they believe to be god or what they who they believe to be jesus but it's a jesus in their image rather than in his own image, right? It really is true what Time Magazine said that man made God in his own image. Mm -hmm. And, and of course, all believers got really mad at Time Magazine for saying that, you know, um, back long before mm -hmm. you were born. Um, it was the cover, you know, God is dead. God has made man in his own image. The truth is, man, man is, made man God. is, I said it yeah. backwards. Look at that quote. Man has made God in his own image, and, and we Christians have made Jesus in our own image. It's kind of like what I preached on Sunday, where Pilate turned Jesus over to their will to be judged. And we judge Jesus every day. We turn him into our will, into our image, what we want him to look like, what we want him to be. He's okay with what we want him to be okay with, and we just say it, and that makes it true. He's mad about what, a, what we want him to be mad about. You know, maybe homeless people eating in the bathroom stall when you got to use it. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's, it's just, 
completely different because I think it's true and it, it needs to stop being true that we make him in our image. We need to make our we need to let him make us in his image. Yeah. Conformity. Come become conformed to his image. Transformed, born again, made new. Yeah. We need to follow him and learn from him and listen to his words and do what he says. The wise man is the one who does what he hears Jesus say. He says, why do you call me Lord and don't do what I say? Many on that day will say, Lord, Lord, I'll say I never knew you. I think this is so clear that only conf it, the, the only hope for this clarity of this communication to be ignored is if we're confused. And I think we are confused. I think the, the world is confused. We need to read Jesus and listen to him and then have Paul explain him to us. And these verses, almost every one we read today, is almost all of them are Paul. Right. And well, you know, there was a John throwing in there. Yeah. There was a Matthew throwing in there, but that was quoting Jesus. Right. And the whole point is, whatever I see in him, that's what I want to be. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to do. And I guess we, we talked about this a little bit uh, again last time about Paul's story, right, of going from being Saul, the guy who was there for that stoning of Stephen, and he was going about trying to, you know, end Christianity until he saw Jesus and then he turns his life over to then write these books that we're reading today. And there's that there's that transformation point, right? And I think you didn't quite touch on this earlier, but part of your story was um, before, you know, you grew up in church, but then there was a point where you walked away from the church and you were very angry at Christians. You were wanting to, you know, right. to silence them until you saw Jesus. And then, you know, we talked about how your life changed. And I think many of us really just need to have that revelation when we see the real jesus when we really meet him we're supposed to look different we're supposed to take on his image be in his likeness we're supposed to walk out his will and you know not settle for less and i think one of the the things that i've struggled with and i think many of us struggle with which is probably why you were encouraged to lower your expectations is that we when we experience a disappointment or if i prayed for somebody and nothing happened or it felt like god didn't come through with me in this area the disappointment starts to make us like oh well i don't want to believe and be you know look silly or i don't want to believe and be frustrated so if i just lower the standard to a jesus that i can reach in my own strength then i'm okay but i just think that he died for too much for us to settle for that right we have to pursue this being the vicar being in his likeness and right reading this I, I was reading this chapter again um over the last couple of days as we were preparing for today and i was just like moved by that the idea that it's so easy to settle for a, a humanistic jesus where we you know just, mm. we just want to be better people and we'll you know we'll, we'll be nice and maybe we'll be kind and maybe we'll give and oh i'll pray for you but there's no faith for this storm calming demon commanding. commanding it's just healer and i just don't i don't want to settle for that and i you know for anybody listening i just hope that you long to see this reality possible because it it is you know you heard some of steve's stories today and there's there's countless stories that you know you can hear from other believers and read in the bible and you know even his, historical records of these amazing feats that believers have done when they've yeah decided to stand in his image right that's right and so learning how to pray i mean i i think andrew murray could teach me how to pray i read his book you know with christ in the school of prayer 
um, being humble again, Andrew Murray with Christ in the school of humility. And just there's different things, you know, abiding in the vine again, Andrew Murray. There was just, he wrote some really good stuff that, that guided me in sonship. But one thing that the thing that guides me the most, the number one book to read is the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, in it, you know, it's interesting. You never hear Jesus ask his father for anything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't ever beg. He says, Father, I thank you that you hear me. And I have confidence that you, if you hear me, it's done. And I, I, I want to emulate. That's, that's the prayer of a son. Yeah. Um, you know, you can come. My dad will help you. Mm-hmm. You come with me, you know, find Jeremiah helplessly lost in America. He can't stay. He can't go. He's Canadian. You know, he doesn't know what to do. The government's on him. And I happen to know my dad and his job and his ability. Let's say my dad's a high-powered lawyer. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he doesn't work for young guys like Jeremiah. But I could say, I know my dad, that if I took you, Jeremiah, to my dad, he'd help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that kind of confidence. I know my God. And if I take you to him, he'll help you. And if I pray, listen to this. We don't even have to go to him. He actually is inside of me. And he'll help you from there. Let me just lay hands on you, and he will touch you. Hmm. My dad will touch you, and he will heal you, and he will help you, and he will give to you. And, and to know your father that way, you know, it's, it's, you know, my dad will help you. My Lord will help you. My God's will is that you be saved. My God's will is that you be healed. My God's will is that you, be, you feel his love. Hmm. Come on, I'll show you. It's his will. I know him. He'll give it to you. That's the knowing of God. And Jesus never said, oh, Father, please raise this kid from the dead. No. He said, I thank you, Father, that you hear me, is what he most commonly said in prayer. I thank you, Father, that you hear me. That's what I pray most of my prayers. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you hear me. I thank you that I can know you and be known by you, and I I can know what you'll do and what you won't do. I can't ask you to kill my enemies. I can ask you to save my enemies, change my enemies, and you will work to the, towards that end. But there's things, I mean, I know you well enough to know what I can't do. Mm. You know, David could pray and ask him to kill his enemies. That's not the deal with me and him. I'm in a new covenant. Yeah. I can't ask him to kill my enemies. And if I do, then I'm going to be killed because I'm supposed to forgive as I've been forgiven. I'm supposed to give mercy as I've been given mercy. And so my enemy, I was once his enemy, and he didn't kill me. He saved me. So if I pray for my enemies, I want to pray for their, that they get what I got, mm. salvation, uh, knowledge of Jesus Christ, a revelation of his love for me. And that then I got to realize I come in his name. My name's Steve Orsillo. I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I come to bring you the presence and power of God that lives inside of me. I come to bring you his word, his, his truth, his way, and show you his journey, his walk that he has intended for your life. Yeah. I know the way. Come walk with me. So if you're listening and you're looking for a home, come walk with me. You're looking for someone who will show you the way. I'll show you the way. Yeah. And, the, and it's the way of Jesus. Right. And I, I, you know, it's funny you say that. I was just going to remind them again at the end here that the School of Transformation that we talked about at the start, you know, if you, if you want to learn more about doing this, this, learn from Steve, learn from uh, the, the, the teachers at the school, this idea of who God is and uh, who that makes you, like, which really is what this chapter is about understanding right. who the Son of God is and becoming 
like him like that this is your opportunity it's a six-month school um there's options for up to three years but the, the initial uh part is a six-month school and you can find out all the information on the transformationschool.org and we we'd love to get to know you we'd love to meet you and walk alongside you and together we can really be the the image of christ on the earth so, you know, see see a city see a regeneration change if we would just become as workers so have a wonderful week uh we will see you next time next next week's chapter is titled disciple knowing god so we're gonna learn more about discipleship and uh we will see you then bye now Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate and review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.